2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Father, we thank you for your word that is full of life and full of power. And Father, we receive your word and we look to you right now to understand and comprehend and to get light and um, substance from your word by your spirit. Thank you that you have not left us alone without strengthening power without help without understanding but you gave us of yourself your very own spirit to interpret to declare to show us things to come to move within our own hearts we acknowledge you father that you are the God who is greater than he that's in the world and you have made your home in us father thank you that you do lead us that you do guide us that you show us things to come that you reveal that you open up that you unfold your word to our very hearts, even to our minds, that we get all understanding comes from you. Thank you, Father, for bringing us understanding and light. In Jesus' name, amen. We have, or we having, I'm going to read in King James here. We having, we having, we, we is having. We having the same spirit of faith. We, do you remember grammar school? Past, present, future. We having. That means right here, right now. That is every believer is having. Or every believer having. Every believer has. The same spirit of faith. If you're a believer, you have a spirit of faith. If you're a believer, that means that you have given your life to God through his son, Jesus Christ. That you believe that God, that Jesus died on the cross and that God raised him from the dead for you. Some people believe that for others. But they got too much pride to believe it for themselves because they know every bad thing they've done and they're looking at themselves not according to the goodness of God or the mercy of God or the blood of Jesus, but they're looking at themselves according to their works, their acts, their failures, their shame. Shame is one of the most destructive attitudes, atmospheres, and thoughts that can gain entrance and occupy your mind and try to get into your very heart. Shame is of the devil. Shame is evil. And the devil will try to use shame to get an advantage over you. Why? Because if you feel shame, you really cannot be bold in the face of the devil. Because you know you got some shame you really deserve this. You really don't deserve for God to hear your prayer because the devil wants to tell you it's all about your performance. You know those mistakes that you made that nobody knows those mistakes? Well, there's a couple people. The devil knows it and he tries to remind you of it as much as possible. And then there's people believing and not believing people. If they were around, they will tell you about it. Now, not a believer that is currently believing, 
You can't connect to that stuff and yield to God at the same time. That might be half your problem. Because you're trying to like stir all this old stuff back up. Boy, but, but shame will just keep you out. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he made him, that's God, made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin. That's not saying we didn't know sin. That's saying he made him who knew no sin. Who was that? Jesus Christ. He knew no sin. That we might be made. That we might be, you could say, created. The righteousness of God in him. That means... It is not something that you have done that has made you righteous. Your righteousness is a gift from God to everyone that believes. Lest people could get confused for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. We have been made the righteousness of God. So when, when anybody, any being, tries to tell you, you, God will not hear your prayer because of all the stuff you have done. If you believe that, it might as well be true. But if you'll believe what God said, that Christ himself became sin itself for you, well, why would you ever trample on the blood and, and just reject that? He did it, whether you accept it or not. Well, you might as well accept it and say, you know what? I, you know, I find with the devil sometimes you, you know, Jesus already defeated him. And he expects you to agree with him or disagree with him, excuse me. You might as well just say, you're right, all those things happened. Ha ha. <laughs> till he gets a little tired of you laughing and you know he puts a thought in your mind like why are you laughing I am laughing because the whole premise of this entire thing was not based on what I could do good bad or indifferent it's all based on my perfect Lord who perfectly whipped your Heidi and everyone that knows God knows it. And let me remind you that you're going to be unveiled even for the world of unbelievers to see what a wimp you are. You remember the blood? You remember the cross? You remember how deceived you were? Well, that's right, because you are the father of lies and you live in deception. <laughs> I don't, I walk in the light. Not in my own ability, but as he is in the light. Amen. He actually blazed a trail ahead of me. Before I even showed up to mess up, oh, he cut a path right through eternity, right through time into eternity, that I could walk in the blessing of God. We have 
the same spirit of faith that David had when he saw this uncircumcised, in other words, non-covenant man, how dare a non-covenant man stand against a covenant God? This man who didn't even understand the covenant. Well, David understood the covenant. And he had a spirit of faith, the Bible says. We have that same spirit of faith. The Lord told Pastor Mark Angus one time, the, the principles of faith are taught, but the spirit of faith is caught. Well, that is true. But don't you just believe for one second that means you don't have a spirit of faith. You know, you have, you're a, Melody's favorite revelation is the, the, the three-part being. So I always think of her when I teach on that. <laughs> and... Um, Spirit, soul, and body. The real you is a spirit. The what I look at with my eyes, my natural eyes right now, that is not the real you. That's just your earth suit. You know, Elon Musk made these better looking space suits. Right? So what I see is just your earth suit. When you look in the mirror, what you see is your earth suit. But you know Wigglesworth, he used to get in front of the mirror. So did John Lake. Used to look and declare words beyond the earth suit. He said, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside. So you're three-part being. So we have the same spirit of faith. You ever wonder what that is that's rising up inside of you? When everything in your flesh wants to connect your mouth to how you feel? This is the worst thing ever. This is going to turn out. You got like a check on the inside. Don't say that. Don't go that way. But your flesh is like hungry, 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 hungry. Horrible. <laughs> Remember the 12 spies? Ten were bad and two were good. There's a song like that. I don't like that to say that they're bad. But ten had an evil report of doubt and unbelief. And two had a report birth from a spirit of faith. Amen. I believe God. God said he's already given that to us. He said go in and possess the land. Well, that's a real clue. Because you know there were giants in that land? You think like if God does something, he does it perfect, right? He, he makes no mistakes. Well, that's true. But maybe your definition of perfect and God's definition of perfect is not the same. Because how come he didn't go clear out all the giants from the land? How come he didn't have like a little yellow sticky note on every door and said, this is Sandy's house. No, he said, go and possess it. Before the fall, Adam still had to keep the garden. After the fall, he just had a whole lot more tough time doing it. I spit on myself. <laughs> Make sure I hand sanitize before I shake any hands. Okay? All right. <laughs> we believe in the power of God that kills every sickness and every disease, but nobody wants to touch spit. <laughs> All right? <laughs> we have 
the same identical spirit of faith. And you can watch someone who had that spirit of faith and you'll catch it in this sense. You'll be like, oh yeah, that's what was stirring on the inside of me when I saw the same thing. That's, that's what rose up on the inside of me. That same spirit of faith. And if I'd have just said, well, I have the same spirit of faith that David had when he killed a bear, killed a lion, killed a Philistine, I've got that same spirit of faith. You know, it's the same spirit of faith that Jesus had. Talk about catching something from someone. There are not two Holy Spirits. So the same spirit that anointed Christ, which was the spirit of Christ, the spirit of God, is the same spirit that comes to live on the inside of every believer. Same spirit that anoints every believer filled with the spirit or every believer enabling them to do a specific purpose and mission. Same spirit, same, same equipment, same power is on the inside of every believer. We have the same spirit of faith. God's not going to force something on you. Realize we see in the word what happened when Jesus died on the cross, when we were redeemed, spirit, soul, and body. We were redeemed. Man was redeemed. Man was bought with a price by the blood of Jesus. He redeemed us. And he said, why? Well, one of the primary reasons was so that his spirit could come live on the inside of us, that he himself, instead of me just walking with him from the, an external, fleshly relationship where I heard anointed words from the outside to the inside, now he's living in me and he's living in you and those same words that he would speak if he were here in the flesh now are a whole lot closer. He speaks them into my heart. That is so precious. We have the same spirit of faith. But if we don't recognize that, we're going to tap into other um, sources of reaction. Like our flesh. Or many times our reason. A lot of, many people only have faith as far as reason will allow it. So if it makes sense, I'll believe it. That's not you. You say, if God said it, I believe it. If I don't understand it with my head right now, the Lord's going to bring me understanding. The Lord will open it up to me. You know, I like to say, you know, actually, I guess I should quote uh, the ones maybe you've heard before first, but. Uh, you know, Pastor Mark's my pastor, so he said, the spirit of faith will make a tadpole slap a whale. <laughs> Some guy in Texas, he was pastoring, or uh, ministering, guest speaker years and years ago. He came up after us. He said, you know what that makes me want to do, preacher? He said, no. He said, it makes me want to grab a corn stalk, swing out over hell, and... 
spit in the devil's eye. That's a spirit of faith. Everything in the natural looks like this is going to fail. That thing's going to break. Even if it doesn't break, it's going to burn up and you're going to fall into hell right to the devil's hands. But the spirit, spirit of faith says, I don't care how tall the giant is. My God is taller. I don't care how strong the giant is. My God is stronger. And so mine is not probably as funny as Pastor Mark's, but how I understood it was uh, spirit of faith. It's kind of like a properly inflated basketball and trying to keep it underwater in a swimming pool. So sometimes you might lose a little battle, but you know that swimming pool, you know how hard it is to keep that thing under, you cannot keep that, I mean, you, oh, I got it, I got it, before you know it just pops right up. So you just pop to the top. You have a spirit of faith, the same spirit of faith. So when you're in the midst of tests and trials and difficulties, you, gotta, you just got to say, you know what? I have the same spirit of faith, the same spirit of faith that David had when he ran at that giant. That's in me. I have the same spirit of faith that Jesus had, you're not going to like this maybe, when he went to the cross. But you know what happened when he went to the cross? He knew something no one except God, no one else knew. You all think this is my destruction. You have no idea. This is my multiplication. And this is your freedom. What I'm doing that you think is defeat is actually what's setting you free from all the power of the enemy. And nothing will in any way hurt you or harm you. We have the same spirit of faith. We have that spirit of faith. Every believer has the same spirit of faith. We having, right now, you have that same spirit of faith that will cause you to run at a giant with your mouth wide open declaring the plan of God. Declaring a thing before it happens. The devil tried to do that. <laughs> and if David would have listened and come under it, that would have turned out different. But David wasn't listening to him. David was listening to God. He got a little, I think, fiery. He said, how dare you? Maybe you need to say that to the devil sometime. How dare you, devil? How dare you? Do you know what it costs for my freedom? It costs the blood of Jesus. Did you forget about the blood? Let me tell you about the blood. The blood of Jesus defeated you at every point and every attempt. Utterly and completely. And in your defeat came my victory. I have the same spirit of faith. You better go find somebody else. You made me push me under the water for a second, but I'm popping up. I'm telling you what. I have the same spirit of faith. You have the same spirit of faith. Say, I have the same spirit of faith that Jesus has, that David had, that Paul had, that Peter had. I have the same spirit of faith. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with me if you would. We have the same spirit of faith. I'm going to read this uh, to you. Hopefully you're not going to stand too long here. but Let me tell you about the spirit of faith. We preach not ourselves, verse 5 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, but Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. I'm not here preaching Tim. And I'm thankful for my parents in the faith, but hopefully I'm not here preaching them. I'm preaching that the same Jesus who raised from the dead, the same Jesus who raised Lazarus from the dead, the same Jesus who anointed still anoints, still raises, still does the same thing. So uh, we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ the Lord and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. He's still doing the same thing. No matter the darkness, no matter if it's like mammoth cave darkness, that's black, black. I went down there one time years ago when I was a kid, and they turned all the lights off, no cell phones back then. Yes, I'm that old. And um, <laughs> they just lit one little match in this cavern about the size of a stadium, lit up from the light of one little match. But that darkness was the darkest, blackest, thickest, I don't know if you can say that, but it was the thickest darkness I'd ever, I've ever experienced to this point. It really felt like you could cut part of it out. It was so, had so much substance to the darkness. Never experienced a darkness as dark as that darkness. But God, who commands light to shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts. Amen. The devil might come in, attack. It seems like that black, black darkness. But just one little glimmer of light from heaven will drive out every bit of that darkness. I saw everybody's faces with probably a group of like 50 people. You could see everybody's face. You could see all the details of the cavern with one little match. One little match. You'd have thought, if you're a thinking, natural, reasoning mind, you'd have been like, well, we're going to need like, uh, you know, 500 lumens or something like that, you know, a bunch of light. No, just one little match lit up that whole uh, cavern, but the, yeah, the, the big part of that cavern, because there's lots of, lots of trails. God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Okay, sit down for a second. To give the light of the knowledge of God. Where? Where is that found? In the face of Christ. Well, faith is turning to the faith of face of Christ. Faith is not turning towards, uh, maybe say it a better way. 
A believer who is believing is not turning to the darkness. Because the believer has a spirit of faith, the same spirit of faith. The believer has the same feelings as someone who doesn't believe, but a believer believes. An act of your belief is you believe what God said more than what you feel or experience. That you know that God is true and God is right. So a believer will believe. So same feelings, same thoughts, similar thoughts, but the believer will do something different. I didn't even get to the second half of 2 Corinthians 4.13. We have in that same spirit of faith. I have believed, therefore have I spoken. Hmm. Remember what David did when he ran at that giant? He just shut his mouth and ran. No. He had words of death coming into his ears, trying to penetrate his heart. You are going to die today, little boy. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Can't you see every other expert in this field, and you're not even in this field, is trembling and afraid of me? Who do you think you are? What's he trying to do? Get him to identify with his natural man, but also shame. Who do you think you are? He's like, it's not really so much who I think I am, it's who I know God is. But he didn't run at the giant with a closed mouth. He said, all right, you want to talk? Let's talk. I'm going to feed your body today to the birds of the air. I'm gonna cut your head off. The giant was like, this one is different than the rest. <laughs> People think it has to be like a big dog to scare you. You know, those little dogs. I got bit by one of those little dogs at Tractor Supply a couple years ago. That hurt. I mean, he was like this tall. Little white Shih Tzu. That dog had a spirit face. <laughs> I don't care how big you are. <laughs> I'm going to tell you who's boss. Just because I got an attitude. Well, you have an attitude of faith. Spirit of faith. Like, all right, just bring it on. You're not coming against me. You're coming against him. You know that story uh, Dad Hagen tells? Uh, it really happened. Brother Haynes, in one of the churches he pastored, worked in the oil fields. He's in the oil fields. And uh, uh, Brother Hagen and uh, another guy from the church went out to visit him while he was working there and had a good visit or whatever, and then drove uptown. And somebody comes rushing uptown 20 minutes later. 
Brother Haynes is dead. He just had an accident in the oil field. He said, no, he's not. I was just there. He's not dead. He said, well, he just had the accident. So they went up, and sure enough, they showed up, and the doctor said, well, I thought he was dead, but I guess he's not. But he's, he's not going to make it. He, he's barely alive. So to make a long story short, you know, he goes to the hospital with uh, the man's wife. Well, the man's wife meets him in the field and said, uh, doctors don't think he's going to make it. She said, but isn't it good that we have inside information? Well, then your pastor knows exactly how to believe with you. She believed he'd come back. So anyhow, three days come and go, and he finds himself in the middle of the night saying, Lord, I'm not going to let him die. He started pleading his case unconsciously. Didn't know anything about it. Just started pleading his case. First, first time he ever had an opportunity to do that. He said, you know, first of all, he gives 30% of his income into the church. He said, if, if, if he doesn't come back, we're financially sunk. <laughs> well, you should have a relationship with the Lord like that, you know. You just tell him. You know what happened? The next thing he said was, I need him. If I need him, you need him. Because I'm just an under-shepherd. Without his income, it'll affect your church. So sometimes you got to realize, oh, I, I, I should finish because somebody come say later, you didn't finish. So he played his case. Brother Haynes' version of the story, before he knew anything that happened, Brother Hagin didn't even pray that in the room. He went out in the hallway and whispered it really quiet. Brother Haynes said, don't ever feel sorry for anybody that dies and goes to heaven. He said, you don't want to come back. He said, I was there getting ready to uh, uh, go in. And the Lord looked at me and said, you're going to have to go back. <laughs> you can't come. And he said it like he pulled back a curtain and said, Brother Hagin won't let you come. And he heard Brother Hagin say, Lord, I'm not going to let him die. And it wasn't just the money either. He, you know, when he played his case, he said he's an actual Sunday school superintendent. He, he, other people just figureheads. He actually goes and visits every person that wasn't there that week. He actually prepares all the lessons. He actually does all this stuff. I need him. If I need him, you need him. The Lord led him to pray like that. Well, sometimes you've got to understand there is a lot more behind you than just you. You are a child of God. You're an ambassador of the kingdom of God in the land of the living. The Lord needs you for his church. So you don't just like, just say, well, Lord, you know, I'd really like that. Well, yeah, that's good. You say that. But there's a lot more happening. There is assignments on every single life. Online, in this place, every single life. You got to develop in the things of God, yield to the things of God. Let the Lord use you. And you know what? You have the same spirit of faith. You have a devil-conquering spirit of faith. You have a poverty-conquering spirit of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I didn't finish that. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Use spirit of faith, but you got an earthen vessel, right? Sometimes your earthen vessel is tired. 
you get tired, it's hard to yield to spiritual things. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That's the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us, right? So you look at the weakness that you may have in the flesh and you're like, hmm, that's good. I don't know that all this power actually comes from God. It does not originate in me because I know what my flesh felt like doing. <laughs> right? Hallelujah. We are troubled on every side. Listen, the spirit of faith. Yet not distressed. Amen? Are you troubled? Yeah, I got trouble on every side, but I'm not distressed. We are perplexed. We don't understand everything. But we are not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down. Remember, we got pushed under the water. Ah, but we're not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. What does that mean? You know, when he died on the cross, he overcame every temptation, every sickness, every bodily inability. So I carry that in my body. He took it away from me. Same way he gave up everything for that, I gave up everything for him. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death works in us. You, know, you have the same spirit of faith, you got spirit of faith on the inside, you yield to that spirit of faith, you don't yield to your flesh, your flesh is dead. Death is working in your flesh, but life from God is working in your spirit, which will actually vivify your flesh or give it life, give it animation, give it perfect health in the presence of you all. Verse 13, that's where we came to now. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it's written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. I also believe and therefore speak. Now stand. Say, I have the same spirit of faith. I believe, I believe and I speak. And I speak. Hallelujah. All right. Thank you, Lord. I am not distressed. Say that. I am not, distressed. I am not in despair. I am not, I am not forsaken. I am not destroyed. I have the same spirit of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Thank you that you gave us your spirit of faith. That we can stand in your place. That we can yield to your spirit. That we can walk and live in the spirit of faith. Thank you, Lord, that you cause us to rise up when the feelings would try to pull us down. Thank you that... You're greater than our feelings. That you're greater than our thoughts. That you're greater than our mistakes. Thank you that the blood of Jesus takes away shame. Frees us from shame. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With every head bowed, every eye closed. 
you're here this morning online or in person and you've never given your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to turn your life over to the Lord of life. Oh, you think, well, everything is such a mess. It's not really a good time. Well, that's probably the best time. You come just the way you are. You can't clean yourself up, up enough anyhow. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Christ didn't die for godly people. He died for ungodly people. He said the healthy don't need a physician. I have come as a physician. So God loves you. He knows exactly what's going on in your life, every detail. Yes, every mistake, every weakness, every failure. More intimately than you know it, and he loves you. He saw you in that condition. He said, I'm going to make a way where it seems like there is no way. Uh, I'm going to lift them out of the pit. I'm going to set them on a rock that cannot be shaken and cannot be moved. If you'd like to give your life to Christ, I want you just to slip up your hand. He loves you, made a way for you. You can put your hand up on the button online or you can do it right here in the room. The Lord Jesus will come and live in your heart and recreate you. I'm going to pray a prayer in uh, just a second with other believers. And when I do, if you pray that prayer from your heart, God will hear your prayer. You don't need a priest anymore. Every man, every woman has a direct line to God. It's through your heart expressed on your voice. God will hear you because he loves you because he has a plan for you. He wants you to have real freedom, to have real life. He loves you. But because he loves you, he will not force you. So just like he does, I'm inviting you right now to give your life to God through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way. He's the door. He's the way to access. All believers and those who would like to receive Jesus as their Lord, let's pray this. Say, oh God, I believe that Jesus is your son. That he died on the cross to set me free. To take away my sins. To forgive me of my sins. To remove shame from my life. Shame, I resist you. I'll not have you. The blood of Jesus has washed me and cleaned me from all sin and all shame. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord. I'm not going to live for myself. Not anymore. I'm living for you. I give you my life. I take you as my Lord. Father God, thank you that I'm now your child. I have a new life. I'm going to do your plan. Thank you that you speak to me and I know your voice. In Jesus' name, amen.